Welcome to the Business of Cleaning. My name is Haley Morris, and I'm your podcast coordinator and host. Our show is about bringing together the advice of experts from all the way across the cleaning industry. And for season two in particular, we're going to delve into how to utilize important connections to both elevate your business and your career. If that's of interest to you, just keep listening. Hello, everyone. My name is Haley, and welcome back to the Business of Cleaning. It is good to hear from Eric today, actually. And we brought Eric on to delve into something specific. We were going to talk about why strategy matters more than ever and building a plan to thrive. And so I'm going to go ahead and let Eric actually jump in and introduce himself. Well, thank you, Haley. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to be with you today. I'm Eric Kurgen. I'm president of Six Disciplines Consulting Services. We are an Ohio-based consulting firm focused mainly on helping organizations formulate their strategic direction, formulate plans that support that, and then aid them in building the leadership and the structure they need to be successful to achieve results. So literally what we're talking about today is Eric's specialty to a T, which is great. We could have nobody better on for this episode. And he's actually worked a lot with the industry from what I understand. Um, So we're going to start off, Eric, my first question to you is actually the whole topic. Why does strategy matter now more than ever? Great question. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out uh, some things have been a bit different over the last 12 months. And in many cases, uh, organizations are still faced with things that they were faced with at the very beginning of the pandemic. So there remains a focus on how do I manage capacity? How do I manage expenses against shortfalls in revenues? How do I manage efficiency, productivity? Um, But with very little focus on what's next, too many organizations are in this uh, survival mode and they're really not thinking about what do I do next? I'm counseling clients today saying, hey, it's time to move forward or at least be thinking forward. And there's a series of checklist items that I would suggest organizations look at. And maybe they've been looking at them for the last 10 or 12 months anyway, but they are really things that are critical for their short-term thinking and their short-term survival. They have to have some form of revenue generation. And that can be something temporary. We didn't used to do this and we don't plan to keep doing it, but we're doing it now because it puts money in the the bank. And we can do that with existing customers or maybe new customers. We have to figure out our spending. So there's been a lot of expense management components that organizations have implemented. And some of those have been uh, uh, very uh, dramatic and uh, very changing to the organization. Some have been things that we should have done a long time ago. We shouldn't be spending money on those things. We also urge individuals to conserve cash wherever possible. So um, if there's an expense that can be put off, then let's put that off. And in some cases, what we have seen is organizations have gained, and it's been offered, uh, and perhaps you've seen this yourself, where uh, a vendor has offered you some extended terms or has offered you a delayed payment or something like that. And we've seen that as well. The next item on the list is AR management, accounts receivable management, and trying to find a way to get paid quicker. So cash is king. I just said that a moment ago with 
with respect to conserving cash. So how can I get paid quicker? Is it ACH? Is it credit card? What, what is it that will help me get paid quicker? Uh, for some organizations, inventory management is a pretty big item. Um, these are things that you were keeping in stock and uh, you may not need to have that biggest stock. So is there a way to manage that? And tied to inventory management is where am I getting these things from? What's the supply chain look like? And I think uh, we've seen this in a few cases where uh, our providers have fallen short, not, not because they're not good people, but they, they weren't able to get from their suppliers what they need to, to complete the supply chain. The next item on this list of pandemic operational items is supply, is, excuse me, is staffing. And um, this is where does, where does capacity meet the production need? So for some organizations, um, they remained overstaffed and they took a position, uh, perhaps even were able to utilize uh, the SBA's PPP money, but has allowed them to keep their staff. They were afraid that if they let their staff go, they may not get them back. Uh, they moved on to something else and couldn't get them back. So that was a, a major concern. But uh, it's important to understand where are we with respect to our current client base, our current uh, staffing base and what's forthcoming. So what's out in front of us. And then two more things in this pandemic checklist. The, the, the second to last item is really customer retention. What have I done as an organization to make sure that I've been able to maintain or retain my, my client? What am I doing to make sure that I'm staying in touch with them, which leads to the last item, which is communications. And if I'm not communicating well to my own employees, if I'm not communicating well to my customers, then I'm potentially missing out on a big opportunity. So all those items I just shared with you are what we refer to as this pandemic operational checklist. And they truly are operational issues. And those items are things that we think are pretty important to have just as a baseline even before you're thinking about strategy. I haven't said anything about strategy. All I've talked about here is managing the operation. So speaking of that, do you think that this pandemic that has seemingly become endless at this point, <laughs> do you think it's really impacted that survivability of businesses? Oh, without a doubt. Unfortunately, we've seen a really big increase in the number of industry consolidations, and that goes beyond uh, the janitorial uh, and business of, of cleaning that goes everywhere. And lots of organizations are in this boat. And that is, where was I when the pandemic began? Did I have a good cash surplus? Did I have money in the bank? Uh, was I qualified to get governmental funding? So PPP money, at least round one, if not round two. And if I didn't have that, and I did have a rather large debt load, um, I could be in pretty big trouble. So how can I do those things? How can I manage the, the business and avoid um, going out of business? And what we saw and have seen is a lot of consolidation. So we've seen uh, businesses being bought out, or we've seen organizations say, I'm done. I'm just, I, I can't do it anymore. And so they become a candidate for a buyout kind of becomes that like make or break situation. Like, what are we doing? Uh, it, it sure could. If uh, if you weren't in a good position at the start of this, that uh, made it very difficult. Yeah, for sure. So I hate to linger on the bad. I really do. So what are some <laughs> of the, what are some of the bright spots out there though? Well, it isn't all gloom and doom. And there are lots of organizations that have taken uh, the right steps for recovery. So, you know, if you think about where are we, there was a, um, 
a high point and then a downturn and a trough and now an upturn and I don't know how long the upturn or how flat the upturn is, but we'll call that recovery. And in that recovery, um, some organizations are, are doing pretty well. They are starting to see some uh, bounce back. They're starting to see some of their customers come back. Uh, certainly, we still see the home office environment uh, be really becoming a standard, very uh, challenging piece. Will, will the office environment come back? And uh, when will the office environment come back? So it's, uh, it's critical that we um, manage that, that piece of that as well. Um, they have found, um, perhaps they have found ways to move into new markets and uh, maybe offer different services that they, they previously didn't offer before. So um, those could be short-term strategy components that are just kind of interesting. You might pick a short-term activity that satisfies a particular need. Um, Something else to give consideration to in this gloom and doom <laughs> or lack of gloom and doom is we, we probably have a group of clients, customers that just really aren't great customers. Um, we've had them for a while. They've been on our list. We service them, but they're slow payers or every time we're there, it's an issue. Um, this might be a time to consider as we call it, trimming the dead wood. And um, that's hard to do. Lots of organizations um, solely look at revenue and revenue by itself is important, but profitability and revenue are really important. So is there a way to look at profitability by account? So if I spend X hours with a given client organization, how much am I paying my people to do that work and how much money am I being paid by that customer to do that work? Do the math and the math comes out and says, this, this, this customer is worth a dollar and this customer is worth 95 cents. So uh, understanding where a given customer stands is really important and it's hard to make a decision if you don't have that kind of data as to whether or not they're really a good client. Um, some of my clients have done some things, uh, even in this pandemic, where they have had some lower performing clients. And what they went ahead and did is they raised their price to that client. So either that client said, okay, I'm good with that new price, or they said, no, thanks. In those cases where they raised prices, it was one of two things, either one, they had really underpriced themselves. So they did that profitability by account. So they had underpriced themselves or two, they really were trying to send a message that said, maybe I really don't want you as a customer. So it, uh, it, it might, might uh, produce a result. Uh, a colleague of mine used to say that revenue is vanity and profit is sanity. And uh, I believe that to be absolutely true. So sometimes we find ourselves absolutely stuck with this concept that, well, but they bring money in. Well, they don't really bring money in. They actually cost us money. So it's it's smart because I think sometimes, especially if we've retained a customer for a long time, we forget to think about that component. Are they actually costing us money or are they a positive gain for the company overall? Right. Yeah. So. yeah and so, it, go ahead. I'm sorry, please. No, go for it. Oh, I was just going to I was just going to say that uh, sometimes we we just even forget about how long does it take for us to get to a given client location, and so not only are we thinking about well how many hours are we investing in that client location in the work that we're doing, but how many miles do we drive to get there? And there's a cost to that, whether that's the fuel cost or the time cost. So are we working that into the equation as well? 
Mm-hmm. Kind of goes back to that that beginning phase when you're pricing something out for a job. What mm-hmm. are you including in that? Are you saying, okay, within this radius, it's easy for us to get here. So this is our baseline. And then we add based on how far outside of that radius you get or maybe by a tiered system. And that might help you combat some of that actual travel cost. Right, right. So, all right. So what can a business do at this time to survive and thrive? Because we're obviously not past the pandemic and there's still some hurdles to go or some ones that we are still overcoming. Well, I think first of all, you have to uh, take some time and think about what is your strategy? Survival is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. you've got to find some some things that you're going to be particularly good at and I'm going to talk about a handful of these in just a moment but I was um, during this pandemic obviously I have been uh, in my home office for for months I used to uh, spend an awful lot of time on the roads on the road to clients but now I've been working from home and one day I was doing a little bit of cleaning and I was going through some business books you can see I've uh, my collection, part of my collection behind me, but I was going through some business books and I found an article that was written in the um, late 80s by Michael Porter. And Michael Porter was a um, professor at Harvard and part of the Harvard Business School and he wrote in the Harvard Business Review. And so this um, particular article that he wrote was called What is Strategy? And um, I thought, "Eh, you know, this really old white paper. Is it any good? Does it mean anything anymore? So I reread it. And um, what I found was it was amazingly relevant to what's going on for businesses today. And the point that Porter was making is that most businesses have lost their way. They've become so operationally focused, so focused on efficiency, so focused on quality, benchmarking, the speed at which they can do what they do, they have failed to connect the dots back to strategy. And this is what I believe organizations need to do as they move into this recovery phase is how do I start to connect what I do best so that I can be a better organization? And um, this really starts with five important questions. So the first question is what makes us unique? So our products and services, if you can't answer what makes you unique, then you don't have much of a chance of formulating a strategy that will be a long-term strategy that will serve you. So what could that be? That could be anything from um, the speed at which you deliver it, the price at which you deliver it, to um, uh, just your overall service level. So wow, I really enjoy working with Haley because she's always on top of it. I always get a call back from her. She's always there when I need her. That's service. So that could be a major differentiator, especially if your competitor doesn't do that. Um, So what are our core competencies? And this is sticking with our knitting, as they say. What do I do best? What are the things that my organization does better than anybody else? And um, again, those are decisions that Uh, organizations need to be able to be clear about or there are activities they need to be clear about. The next item goes back to a piece we already mentioned earlier, but that where does our profit come from? From what products, from what services? Which of these products and services really do produce profit? Not what produces revenue, but what produces profit? And then goes back to the, the question we were discussing earlier as well as which customers are profitable? 
and why? Why are they profitable customers? What do we do with them that makes us profitable there? And so it's very important to understand those particular pieces. I lost my unmute button there for a second. <laughs> all right. So coming off of all of this, of course, it makes me think, just if I can insert, of um, people who aren't thinking strategy. They're not coming and tying things back to the why we're here, where are we going with this type thing, right? It makes me think of you're on a really long road trip. And once you get started, all you care about are your gas mileage and how quiet you are in the car and the movies and stuff. And then you forget where you were supposed to be going and you're not mapping things out as you go. Like maybe you're supposed to stop at this motel at this really cool um, highway location, right? And visit a cool restaurant. And like you've totally just left that behind because all you care about is your gas mileage and the little nuances of mm. making sure that the road trip, which yes, the journey is part of it, but it makes me think of like, you just totally lost the whole point of why you started. Yeah, I think that goes back to what, uh, I think that's a great paraphrase of what Michael Porter was saying is that we got so focused on just the numbers that we weren't focused on what is it that we're trying to achieve as an organization or what makes us different or better. You know, there's some really big questions that organizations need to answer. Um, you know, why do I do this? Is this just to produce a paycheck on a weekly basis? Is this to uh, produce a, uh, the continuation on, of a family business and I'm the next generation? Is this because I want to grow this business from X uh, annual revenue to Y annual revenue? What are the things that I really want to do? And then you can start to build a plan that helps support that. But if you haven't thought about why I do these things, then it's awfully hard to have a strategy. So just, just as a, a point of example, if we said that uh, today we service, let's just say for the sake of uh, discussion here, since uh, you happen to be located in uh, Northwest Ohio. Mm -hmm. Let's say that um, our next opportunity happens to be in the Cleveland, Ohio market. So, you know, some 100 miles plus to the east of you, you're going to start to capture market in that area. So, first of all, who are my competitors in that market? Who do I have to unseat in order to win those opportunities. How am I gonna win those opportunities? What are the things that I do that are better than the people who are there already? And if I can't answer those questions, then I'm, I'm probably in for a rude awakening with respect to uh, whether or not I can make any money to do, to do this. It's one thing to say, hey, we're gonna expand geographically. It's an entirely different thing to do to make sure that you understand what expansion into a given market means. Well. And I can just imagine somebody say, we're going to expand and they start just taking what they have here and putting it there, spending the money and doing all of those things, like moving us into the Cleveland market, for example, and you're putting money there. But if that return on investment doesn't come, you're literally just throwing money at a sponge. Or um, if you do get a return on investment, do you know what you're doing? Can you replicate that? Is that sustainable? And you have no idea to any of those questions because maybe you didn't line it up and you're not tracking it appropriately. So um, we always encourage organizations to take a very close look at, at a given geography. So if you're going to move into a ge geography, what's there? 
what what businesses are businesses that you can service that meet the core competencies of your organization what do you do best and unfortunately what happens i i see organizations do this is they show up in a market and they run into a potential client who says well I'll hire you, but not hire you for what you normally would do. I want you to do this job instead. And you go, oh, ooh, opportunity and um, di diversification of my business. And the, they may be true, but if you're not doing those things uh, with clarity and understanding why you're moving into that market, what does it cost you to move into that market? Who are your competitors in that market? Um, pretty tough way to start a business or expand a business. <laughs> I can think of it as like the individual level too, is even if you bring it back to like, if you like to do projects or something and people will bring them to you, you do them, they'll pay you for it, little things like that. Like maybe that's your side hustle or your hobby. And then like somebody brings you something new that's kind of related to what you do, but not quite the same. And you said, okay, I'm going to start doing that now too. But you haven't realistically thought about time commitment, learning curve or anything of like that. You might overwhelm yourself and drive yourself under like burnout sets in really quickly. I've done that back yep. in college. It was all about trying new stuff, but um, it wasn't always realistic, even at a personal level. So I can't imagine if you think it, if you know it won't work easily like that at a personal level, why would it work for your business where it's so vast, so big, there's so many moving parts, so many people involved. Well, that's why it's critical if you really are going to think about um, where is my strategy going to take me next is to really think about what are those fundamentals so strengths and weaknesses of your business. Um, can you really do that work what's the capacity that you can undertake um, what are the financial ramifications of taking that on so again one of the things that we're regularly cautioning cautioning our clients about is. Um, don't put too much on your plate. And so it's, uh, you know, the old uh, statement from mom, you can have more when you finish what's on your plate. Um, this is really dangerous. It's very easy for organizations to get distracted. Uh, in fact, Porter's one of the people who said the number one killer of strategy is distraction. Well, he's absolutely correct in, in that statement. You can easily be distracted. You can be easily overrun by too many things to be done. And um, I've often heard even larger organizations say, oh, but we're a big company, we can get more done. Well, I am a very firm believer that you pick the key two, three, four key items that you're going to undertake for a given time frame. do those key items. And then when you finish those key items, you can add more to the plate. You may have written down those other items, but don't attempt to get them all done at the same time. You'll, you'll, you'll fail for sure. Seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was one of the basic things that um, in a conversation with somebody else, we were talking about leadership and that ability to prioritize and, you know, going back to like that metaphor of the glass versus the plastic balls, what's important and what do you, should you actually be juggling versus just taking it all on? Um, it's the same thing. If you want to be leading your business to success, you have to be able to prioritize and understand where your efforts should be and what matters to you versus just the 
ability to take on new projects. Yep. I fully agree. I'll give you one, one quick example, Haley, and that is a, a client who I was working with was looking at uh, expanding into a different geography. And the, the reason they had looked to expand there is that they got a call from that given market. So let's just say it's Cleveland again. So they got a call from a client in Cleveland. And so now suddenly they're driving that 100 miles, 200 miles round trip to Cleveland for this one client. And the statement is, but we're going to get more clients in Cleveland. Okay, how are you going to get more clients in Cleveland? How many clients in Cleveland are there that fit your core competency? Then how many of those are uh, dissatisfied, don't have a contract with uh, their current provider? I mean, there's just so many questions that need to be answered before you make a statement that we're going to Cleveland. So unless you're just like going to Cleveland. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, can you actually be in Cleveland once you get there? Like, yeah. can you handle that yeah. market? Can you handle that capacity? Yeah. So, and coming from the HR background, that's a huge thing is hiring people is a lot of work. And, you know, going back to one of your, your earlier checklist items, staffing is extremely expensive and it's its own, I mean, taking care of your staff is its own business in itself. So it can it is. It, and uh, in this day and age, finding good people and holding on to good people is, uh, is challenging work. So what is it that I'm doing to attract the right people? And what am I doing to retain the right people? So do I have a process for that? Or am I just hoping? Exactly. Um, I guess the question of, you know, this is a lot of things to look at for a company. And if somebody is not strategically focused where they haven't evaluated their strategy and what they're doing in a while, when is the best time to get started? Especially like right now when we're still pandemic driven or uh, cold snap driven in some cases that some parts of the country right now are experiencing yeah. huge problems with that. So when should uh, companies start maybe refocusing or reevaluating? Uh, so I, I don't think there's a, a right time or a wrong time. Usually what I hear is there's an excuse time. And so it's uh, we're too busy as soon as we finish is if we get this contract, if you know, it's, it's not usually a, um, oh, well, it's it's the season to be planning. I, I think any time that you are giving consideration to um, your current strategy and or a new strategy and that evaluation that can be done at any point in time. And um, it does take a commitment. It's, it is not easy work to say, okay, I, I've got my strategy all figured out. And you might have something figured out, but there's, there's a lot of steps to it. And there are a lot of pieces, as you said, but um, I think right now um, it would be critical for an organization to have really thought through what do they want to be as the pandemic recovers, as this recovery occurs, what am I going to do? What will I do to be ready? So um, I have uh, made the analogy that it's uh, a bit like putting your track shoes on once the starting gun has gone off. Well, you're late. So um, you would definitely want your shoes on before the gun goes off. So. The race is done before you've tied your laces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. As someone who has um, done track, it maybe not raced a lot. I did a lot more jumping. Uh, yeah. If you're not ready before the gun, then. Exactly. What would you say to somebody who says, well, I don't have time to do that right mm. now. Like they're looking at you and they're like, I just don't have time. I'm, I'm trying to get this stuff done. I have to like 
they are in that panic level survival mode still. Right. And, and there, there's some truth to that, right? Your, your brain only has so much room in it. And uh, to take on things that you feel like you can't focus on is, is understandable. And that human emotion, I, I understand. It's not saying anything bad about that person. Uh, that that's how they feel because the pandemic has created a lot of different feelings for people. And um, I, I do think that it is important for them to uh, take some step as to what is it that I'm going to be successful at. And the, in at least the, the worst case scenario, if they could stop and answer um, three of Porter's questions, what makes you unique? So write them down. What makes me unique? Why am I different than anybody else who does this same kind of work? So what's our core competency? So whatever that core competency is, what do we do best? And then where does our profit come from? Which, which products, which customers? If you, we could, if you could do those three things, then you're further ahead. You at least understand, well, okay, that's a core competency for us. And um, that's not that's something that we'll do or we won't do. And I'll just give you one really quick example from my own business. So um, we, we get asked to do a variety of other consulting type projects besides the, what we, uh, our core competency is. And so if someone asks us, for instance, to conduct a, um, a lean study, are you familiar with lean? So lean mm -hmm. Six Sigma, so th those studies, that's not us. That's not what we do. So if someone came to us and said, hey, we need help on that, we could probably hook them up with somebody else who does that. But that's not us. And so for us to become expert in that and to hire the person to do that, or I, I, it's just not, it's not where our core competency is. And we've made that decision that uh, those sorts of things, quote unquote, will outsource. Mm -hmm. Well, it makes me think too, if you decide to take on a, a project like that, where you don't have that expertise, and then you do it and maybe time it's a one-off, you have the capacity to do it. And it's not your grand skill set. If you fall short, that could hurt you a, long, a lot more in the long run than yep. it could help you with the small, small profit. Right, exactly. So with all of this, it kind of makes me think like going back to the, the glass and the plastic ball analogy, which having a younger sister at home and a, a very large family, it's one of my favorite um, metaphors or things to link things back to is basically they need to figure out what's glass and what's plastic to them first. They really need to see what they should be focusing on and then do those things that you, you mentioned. So what advice do you have for somebody who has maybe already done this initial look back? They've really taken a look and started to work to align their current processes with the strategy that they would like as they're moving forward. How often do you recommend that they come and they reevaluate and see where they're at and where their strategy is at? So uh, we, we think there's an appropriate cadence to follow for, for strategy. And then um, obviously results are what you're after. Right. So you don't just form a strategy and then let it go. You form a strategy that has supporting actions that produce a result. So um, what we believe is that you as a uh, owner or leader, and if you have a team, that you should be looking at the, each month's results from a key 
um, we refer to them as VFOs, Vital Few Objectives. So what are those key vital few objectives? What are those KPIs, key performance indicators? Take whatever uh, uh, word salad you wish, but it are those those are those key drivers of the business. Where are we on those key drivers? So each month you should be looking at those key drivers. And then once a quarter, you should be coming back and looking at, okay, we built this plan for the year saying these are the things that we want to get to, get to Cleveland and open, uh, win X number of opportunities uh, worth X or Y dollars. Um, those would be strategic uh, items and strategic measures. Once a quarter, take a look at those. So how are we doing against those? Well, we're kind of behind on that. We just didn't make the progress we thought we would. And why? You should be very uh, tough on yourself and ask, why didn't we do that? We had too much on our plate. We got distracted. Okay, well, that's good, honest answer. But now what are you going to do about it for second quarter? So now pick those items that you're going to really be focused on in second quarter. And then using that monthly cadence, how are we doing against our VFOs? And then using that quarterly cadence on how are we doing against our plan and the things we said would be done by this time frame, then you, you do that for each quarter. And that gives you the uh, really the scorecard, if you will, of how we're doing against the things we said were important. And that'll give you that chance to, to pivot if you need to. <laughs> Yes, very good. <laughs> Which I'm sure we're probably all tired of hearing the word pivot at this point. But I, uh, I'm impressed that you've uh, you identified that because that's ex exactly what it is, is that um, uh, we often refer to it as, um, I think you were talking about taking a road trip earlier. And mm -hmm. the uh, example is, if the bridge was out, would you keep driving? And the answer is no, you would find a detour around it. Well, that's exactly what each of those quarters is intended to do. So yes, we build a plan for a year, but the likelihood of that plan going unchanged is pretty slim. And so you need to have the ability to stop, to reassess, to detour in order to, to go forward instead of driving off the end of the bridge. Mm -hmm. so. I've heard a similar metaphor with either like a car wreck or road closure or something. <laughs> Like, do you stop and wait for it to clear or, and this was a lot back when things first happened because people, a lot of people just stopped and said, yes. okay, we're going to wait for it to pass. Um, but we're a year in and uh, there's not a foreseeable end. It's not passing. In fact, people are adapting and working this different way of business and different way of life into their current action plans. So, um, you know, do you, if you, you're on your way to work, and you run into that road closure, the bridge out, you don't typically stop and wait for it. And you don't just go back home. It's like you said, you, you find a detour, you find another way. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, do you have any other advice that you would like to leave our listeners for? Are there any other points that you would like to hit on specifically? Uh, I would say that uh, if, if you want to summarize all the, the strategy pieces, it really fits into these four buckets. So one is long term, where do I see this business or this operation going? What are the key measures, key areas that I expect this business to be? So just for sake of discussion, it's a $2 million business today. And in five years, I expect it to be a $10 million business whatever the right numbers are, or how many zeros you want to add to it or take away, that's up to you. But that is 
the starting point. So understand how big is this business? The next piece might be what level of geography it is that um, we're going to cover. The next piece may be what is the core competency of the business? What is it that we really do best? And that's what we plan to do. That component is called the vision. So that's the vision for the business, and that's the long-term view. The next piece is what are those VFOs, vital few objectives, that will support that vision so that we can measure, right? This is a results strategy is all about getting to the results. So what are the results that we want in a given time frame? So for each month of this current year. You don't have to do five years worth of it, you can, but if you can just at least do one year of it and know what your expectations are for each month, then that's the second. The third piece is what we refer to as formation of an initiative. And an initiative changes the trajectory of the business. So if we have a VFO that is revenue and we know we wanna grow revenue, we may need an initiative to grow revenue. Well, what grows revenue? It might be adding new customers. It may be adding a new market. It may be adding new products. So you have to have an initiative that are action items that are measurable, that are assigned to people in your organization. And again, this goes back to your point earlier, which is you can't have too many of these. Well, six, we have 16 initiatives this year. Nah. If you have three or four initiatives, you're doing great. And if you finish them, great, we can put more in there. But let's work on those initiatives. And then the fourth component is, as an individual contributor to the organization, what is it that I'm going to do? What am I responsible for? How will it be measured? And what will I do by when? So vision, vital few objectives, initiatives and my own plan that supports the rest. They're all connected. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on for the show. And I, I love this episode. I love everything that we've touched on. And I think it's extremely relevant right now, especially, um, but I think it's going to be relevant, you know, in six months, a year, as, as long as we go down the road, it's like you said, Porter's piece might be a little bit older, but it's still, this vital backbone to everything we do. Yeah, amazingly so. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on, Eric. And thank you everyone for tuning in this week to the business of cleaning. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. So in our blog post, we're going to provide the transcript, everything we just went over. I'll also provide all kinds of contact information so that you can reach out to Eric's business if you would like and get a little help as you start to move forward. Or if you would just like to see a little synopsis of everything we talked about, I'll include that as well. So thank you, Eric. Pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone.